and welcome back to Lounger with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two ex-librarians staying in touch through the power of books, especially through the power of our book club, which is still going strong. We're on book number three, almost at the end. If you can't tell, (laughs) I have got flu, which is why my voice will sound horrible on this podcast. But don't fear, Claire's got lots to say. So you won't have to listen to this nasalness <laughs> too much throughout this 20 minutes. Oh, poor old so, you. Oh, I know. Seriously. I have no immune system. It's terrible. These last 50 pages, I don't know if it's because I had flu when I read them. But yeah. for me, it was a lot of walking, them getting wet, them sleeping, yeah. them being wet again, yeah, walking. And I just feel like a lot didn't happen it was very much the second lord of the rings book you know i've mentioned it's like the hobbit with all the walking but this is the second lord of the rings book (laughs) frodo and sam where there literally is nothing that happens but walking yeah and and uh, they had decisions to make um when they got and when they got to lamb's end after walking through lots of wet they arrived there and it was still raining at lamb's end there wasn't really anything open there. There wasn't much there, was it? It was a bit of an anticlimax for them, I think. And they also had the option then to get on a bus and go home because actually Moth wasn't feeling very good, was he? No, I mean, when they started this journey, it was the summer, but they've taken so long yeah. that it's now creeping into October, kind of heading towards November, and all those ailments that he had at the beginning of the book are starting to come back with the cold weather And with all the wet, I mean, I don't mind what age you are. No one's body can handle that. Not really, no. And they asked to to borrow some money off the kids, didn't they, as well? But I think the kids just want them to keep going. I think that might have been towards the end of that, the 200 pages. Yeah, that was right at the end. There was a bit of a, a moment where her old school friend, I think, no, her old friend calls her up and says, look, I've got this meat room that I'm converting I don't know why she had to tell us it was a meat room, but (laughs) she's converting this room and she said that they can't be out there in the winter. They need to come and stay, do some work there to kind of pay their upkeep. Um, And Raina takes the choice to take her up on that offer and her and Moff head inland using Mm. money borrowed from the kids. But the kids are like, I don't think that's the right choice. And Raina feels like it's not the right choice as well. Yeah. But that's where it kind of ends. But throughout these 50 pages, they do fall upon some interesting events that you've had a look up and you've got more information about them. Well, yeah, because so there was one part in the book where um, it was on page 172 where the man had bought them some tickets to a very famous theatre called the Minak Theatre, which is an outdoor theatre. And then they ended up getting a lift with the actors at the end, didn't they? Out of a random act of kindness, kindness that took them off to this campsite. But I had a little Google of the Minak Theatre, which um, is quite interesting, actually. I had a little whip through some information about um, when you go to watch a, a production. So it says, be prepared. If you've not visited Minak previously, here are some tips that may help you. The Minak is built on a cliffside. Entry is at your own risk. The site is steep and includes many steps. Surfaces may be slippery in wet weather. We advise you to wear sensible footwear. Step-free access is available to the top levels of theatre, including the cafe shop, toilet exhibition, and great views over the theatre and the bay. 
There is no step-free access to the stage of the lower levels of the auditorium. The auditorium seating is on turf or concrete. You may wish to bring a cushion or rug to sit on. Matinees can be very hot. We suggest you wear a hat for comfort and bring sun cream. It can get cold quickly in the evening. Bring warm clothing, even if the day has been hot. Wheeled buggies and other infant seating are not admitted at any time for safety reasons. Performances are only cancelled in extreme conditions. We do play in the rain. And no dogs except guide dogs will be admitted to performances. At other times, well-behaved dogs on short leads are welcome. So there you go. A bit of information. Wasn't it a theatre that a woman built in her back garden? Like one day she just decided she wanted wanted a theatre and that how it's that's how it came about? I think I, it, it, it was something like that I had read as well. Yeah, it started off as something small and got big. I mean, I quite liked that section because it had lots of different elements to it because, you know, they get there, there's all these people turning up in cars and they're like, oh gosh, we just wanted to camp here. Where do we go? Mm. And then this couple just buys them tickets to go see the show, which is just like the loveliest thing ever. They don't even think about it, do they? Well, they're like, come well, see the show with well, us. Well, no, they don't even think he's Simon Armitage. No, exactly. He's getting it despite that. And then they see the show and they have this magical time and then the actors are like, you can't be standing about here in the car park. Mm. They take them to the campsite. But then the next morning, obviously they've camped there for free again. Mm. But this campsite, they've got people policing the tents, asking for money going tent flap to tent flap. Yeah, and they disappeared over the wall and ran off, didn't they? They did, they did, but they got accosted at that campsite. And then they also have another interaction with this couple that they meet on the walk, who's being very friendly with them. Rainer and Moff offer them lots of tea. Yeah. And then, you know, it comes about that they mention that they're homeless and these guys are like, oh, kind of throw the tea away, move on sort of thing. Yeah. Disgusted that they've actually just spent Um, some time with homeless people. Well, exactly. And they had the gall as well to offer tea to the other couple that came along as well. I know, and it wasn't even their tea. And then at the end of it, you realise that Rainer and Moff have used all their water, giving tea out to all these randomers who snubbed their nose up. They've met some interesting people. They have. I mean, I think the most problematic part of that story for me is that there should only be two mugs, right? Yeah. Rainer's mug and Moff's mug. Yeah. But there were four people asking for tea. Yeah. Six, if you include Rain and Moff. So did they just all share these mugs? Yeah. I mean, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, that's, that's what they did. They shared the same two <laughs> mugs, didn't they? Anyway, this is that's... how people get flu. This is how people get ill. <laughs> <laughs> so... So also while I was reading the book, so it does mention um, a myth, um, the mermaid of Zenor. Did you remember this bit? I did. They go into a chapel. Yes. And they see a mermaid and it's about a mermaid that came on land and like took someone away to the ocean. But they, they're having a laugh because they think it's just the church parish many moons ago made mm. up this myth so people came to visit the church and the sculpture of the mermaid. Yeah, so, well, apparently that's what happened. So, yeah, they basically, the legend of the Mermaid of Zenor tells of a beautiful woman with a magical voice who occasionally visited the church. One day she came and set eyes on Matthew Trewella, 
who was duly entranced and left with her, never to be seen on land again, except maybe once out at sea when the mist was rising in the west. So there you go, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is that myth. So this got me thinking about, oh, maybe I'll just have a little look at um, Lamb's End and see if there's any myths there. And there is. It's called the Lost Land of Leonese, and or Leonese, I'm not quite sure, and it's mythical, said to lie beneath the waves between Land's End and the Isles of Scilly. According to legend, Leonese was part of King Arthur's realm, which was taken by the sea on a very stormy night. Church bells are said to ring below the waters and for centuries Cornish fishermen have glimpsed spires and castles beneath the waves. In fact, the Isles of Scilly are said to be the old Lyonese mountain tops. Only one man escaped the flood as he'd been hunting at Land's End, losing a horseshoe on the way. Today, the symbol of three horseshoes or a white horse is seen in the crests of local families who reckon they descended from the lucky chap. So there you go. Wow. Mm. That's that's really interesting. Why didn't she mention that in the book? Instead, we got to Land's End and like nothing happened. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were just sort of, you know... We've got here, it's raining, nothing's open, it's rubbish. I don't know, but there you go. There was one part that stuck out for me, and it was when they went to that cafe. Yes. They visit many cafes in this book, yeah. just asking for hot water for their tea. Um, may I just say, after working in a cafe in my youth, that is so cheeky, I would hate that customer. <laughs> yeah, but the anyway, one who sits there and uh, has one cup day. of tea. And you're like, you're going to get me in so much trouble because you're not moving on. But anyway, this guy in the cafe is having a terrible time. It's really busy. And then the manager is horrible and like screams at him. Mm. And then at the end of the day, he gives them free paninis and says, I'm quitting. Have these. <laughs> yeah. Locks the door, posts the keys and he's off. Yeah. He says he's going to go and join the strumming surfers. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the surfers do in the wintertime, isn't it? Is they go strumming. Yeah, stripping the coastal path and then go back to Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I, they've just seen so much on this walk. Like, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So. Maybe I need to go to Cornwall more often and just <laughs> see these things happen. <laughs> so that's where we're at with those next 50 pages. Um, the book is drawing to a close mm. because there's no point in reading 50 pages because the book itself is only about... 272 pages yes. so it seems pointless to read 15 then 20 so this week we're going to read 72 pages it's yep. going to be a bit of a long one to get to the end and wrap this up on next week's podcast yeah uh, ready for a new book club book that will take us through christmas yeah so make sure you join in and get to page 272 with us so we can see how Raina's journey ends. Does she get back to the coastal path? What happens in this meat shack that she's mm. ended up in? Who knows? Who knows? You just never know with them, really, but hopefully they'll end up on the coastal path again. I'm sure they want to finish it, really. Well, we know that Raina wants to finish it, doesn't she? Yeah. It just depends on Moth's uh, health, I think. Any other book news? So I'm, I am still on uh, this green and pleasant land, which I am enjoying. They're still battling it out over the mosque. It's quite interesting, really, because the aunt who has gone to stay with Bilal and Mariam, 
at their house, the aunt, the old aunt. She's been quite an influence in the village and having quite a lot of impact on some of the people in the village, which is interesting. And um, yeah, Shelley, who is the one who is sort of riling everybody up to be against the mosque and everything, is becoming quite sort of friends with her and yeah, it's quite interesting really how mm. that that relationship is developing. So but I haven't got many more pages to read of that, so um Ooh That's exciting. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be a happy ending. What's happened with Miriam and her ex? Oh, well, uh he is still on the scene and he has basically told her that he is you know, wants her and wants his son and yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. And she's kind of still besotted with him. And her husband knows that he's on the scene again. And he's just, he's almost like, well, I don't really know what else I can do. Because um, he, you know, I want to be with this woman, but she wants, you know, she probably wants to be with him. And she doesn't, he doesn't think that he can stop her from doing it. You know, he, mm. I think he's basically yeah. left it up to her to make up that decision herself. It's a hard one. I mean, you shouldn't really fight for someone if they're not willing to be with you in the no, first place. If no. they're thinking about other people, don't even bother. Yeah. So, My motto, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. It's a nice read. I'm enjoying it. I took, I, obviously, I took all my books to Germany with me because I, I have been posting pictures of, of books in Dusseldorf while I was there. I absolutely was... love the Instagram pictures that you posted. Make sure you check out our Instagram at Lounge with Books because Claire's photos this weekend <laughs> were amazing. It, like, what was it? The salt path was in a statue's hand. Yeah, like they were reading it. The yeah. salt path was everywhere. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was. I did. I I took pictures everywhere. I took it with me every day, and the people, uh, my cousins uh, and her husband, were helping me develop these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Visited an interesting museum while I was in Germany, though. Yeah, it was called oh. uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, and it was in uh, the Kit Art Museum. Had lots Is of that uh, based on Alice in Wonderland. Kind of, yes. And they did have a a very bizarre um, art piece that looked like it had come out of Donnie Darko. You know that film? That whether you've heard of Donnie creepy Darko? Creepy rabbit film. Yeah, very very bizarre. But my favourite one was the the dripping buckets of water. So they put out these three buckets of water and then kind of put energy through it, like electricity kind of through it. And it, it made, and then they had the dripping sound. So it looked like water was dripping in the bucket. It's great. I loved it. Oh, <laughs> you didn't leave any recycling at this one? No, didn't add I didn't. to any of the art? No, That's I didn't. That's a shame. You should I... have put another bucket on that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was good fun. I liked that. Anyway, what book news have you got? Well, I finished The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was great. It was a really good book. I must say, I do agree with my mum that the middle was a bit thick. Like, I felt like the story could have been condensed a bit more to keep the pace. Mm. And the main character, after a while, she was so focused on this past that she'd had with her brother that we just kept going back to that and she kept reflecting on how weak she was or how scared she was or if she was breathing and I was like 
I know anxiety was part of her character, but after a while it got a bit grating. I was starting to think, is she the murderer? Because she seems a bit unstable. Mm. <laughs> but other than that, apart from pacing problems in the middle, main character being a bit annoying, it was a really good mystery. I must say it was a bit convoluted. When we got to the end, I was like, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like the motive was a bit washed. Was it not a scary book in the end, Sophie? It was scary, but there was humans behind the murders. And the reason why they'd murdered people is the bit that I thought was a bit out there. You know, right. like, I felt the author was trying to tie it down or connect it somehow. Mm. I personally didn't think it worked, but... I still love the story and how it played out. The atmosphere of this sanatorium that had been turned into a hotel in the Alps was insanely good. And I loved all the reveals along the way. So I would say it's a strong renew because I think if you're someone that loves horror mixed with thriller, it's it's a book for you. But there was just certain issues with the plot that I, I couldn't let it be an overdue. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was a strong book. Really liked it. But it does mean that we get to play our game again, Claire. Ooh, let's play it. I've picked four completely different books this time. Okay. And the reason for that is because I've just read two murder mysteries back to back and I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me get the first one up. It's Generations of Austin Worshippers, the site of Steventon rectory is hallowed ground that's the first one okay there was a lot of words i couldn't say (laughs) okay number two in the linkings the system was listed as tren that's an odd one okay (laughs) i you know if i didn't know what book that was i wouldn't have picked it up the morning burned so august hot the marsh's moist breath hung the oaks and pines with fog Mm -hmm. number three (laughs) Number four, my entire life's work rests on the outcome of this match. Number four. Oh, number four. I knew you were going to go with that one because it's a book about tennis, believe it or not. No. (laughs) I am beginning to think all the books in my house have terrible first lines. And the one you chose, Claire. Okay. Carrie Soto is back yeah. by my favourite Taylor Jenkins Reid. <laughs> Which, to be honest, oh. I really wanted to read this book, so thank you. <laughs> oh, well. It is no, about... No worries. That, for me... Tennis. That, for me, did have the catchiest first it line, did. though. The others, actually, were weak. Really, I hadn't, I hadn't read the yes. other first lines before, and I was like, they're actually yeah. driven. Yeah. But this one... Yeah, and the mar- the Marsh's one sounds like it's going to be full of descriptive language. Save me from that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Carrie Soto is back by <laughs> one of my favourite authors. I've read most of her books now. And this is about an old tennis star reclaiming her title. Because her youngest tennis star has fantastic. beaten her. And she's like, nope! <laughs> Comes out of retirement. Oh, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I'll let you know. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so that is all from this week. Remember, we are getting to the end of the Salt Path. Um, so we'll be finishing that book next week, giving it a detailed, in-depth review. And we'll also be reviewing our books that we would have started reading, as Claire will be playing the first line game with me again, I'm sure. Um, and I'll be reading Carrie Soto. As always, 
follow us on Instagram at loungewithbooks because we've got some great pictures on there of lovely books that we're reading and Dusseldorf. <laughs> These books get all over yeah. the world. <laughs> I know. I've been all over the place. It is goodbye <laughs> from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you.